We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Left. Marcus Freeman, Marcus let's Freeman. talk about let's it. Talk about it. You talk about let's a talk book about in press conference. First five minutes, fire. Last five minutes, fire. And some very interesting things in between that connect to some of the things that you said yesterday that you felt like were vitally important, important. to the progression of the offense at Notre Dame. One of the things you pointed out is how he had this extensive national search. <laughs> and then the choice ends up being down the hallway. Now, if he had made that choice initially, doing the search probably has a totally different perception amongst the fan base and nationally as well. But Marcus Freeman, when kind of attacked by that via question this is what he had to say about it with with the interview and he's called plays he was coordinator obviously at west virginia for a couple years and actually called it for a certain amount of games and um you know his ability to really say hey here's how i would implement our system as a, as a coordinator, here's how I would implement my system as the offensive coordinator. Here's where I believe we are as an offense. And here's the vision for how it will enhance. And that to, to clearly um, really display that and to get that conveyed over to myself and the offensive staff um, is really what it took, you know. And, and there's a lot of people out there that can um, that have had success and maybe not in the type of offense that I want to run here at Notre Dame. Um, but to have somebody that can really understand where we're at, you know, to help our guys with the learning curve and understand and, and really convey how we'll improve is, is really why I chose them. Ultimately, isn't an advantage bringing in a coach that does not have to learn the players, that knows the players, that can help in the short term expand upon what those players that are already there already know rather than getting somebody to come in and have to learn everyone while installing their offense. The only problem I have is that I didn't get to feel the influence of him being there. Knowing those players and where they could have been helped at, you know, it's different if, this guy was coming from somewhere else, but this guy was down the hallway. So a lot of what we've had problems with these last couple of years, he's been sitting right there. Mm -hmm. So the influence of you convincing the guy you can do so much better, it's just interesting considering you've been there the whole time and we've had the same issues. So maybe it's a, you really didn't have control over it, but you said you was involved in everything and, and it doesn't, convince me anymore with you saying that and us having Charlie Joan effect on our receiver room, you know? So now you're going to change this like Joe Biden being in a career politician for 45 years and then saying, all right, now it's time to be the president. It's just, you've been, you've been a politician 45 years. <laughs> how, how you want to be a president now? Yeah. You were president this whole time before. So, 
uh, you know, I just think it uh it just it, it raises a red flag, but it doesn't mean he can't do the job either. Yeah, it's like the yeah. current mayor of Chicago with the election coming up saying that she's against crime and crime is consistently going up <laughs> since she's taken <laughs> off this. Yeah, it's like what are we talking about? It's like mm, just you might not want to talk about crime during these debates. <laughs> just just let it ride. <laughs> I do think the transition, though, because the players like him, because he does know the strengths of each player on the roster, or you anticipate that he knows the strengths of each player, and the install might not be as extensive. He, he pointed out, he was asked about this, and he said, yo, if we went to practice today, Oh, we could do it right now with my offense. We could line up and go through a full practice right now. He was like, the install is not about to be that crazy to where it limits what we can do once spring practice begins. And he felt like two days ago, they could run a full spring practice if it was time for them to do so. Well, the question is, though, however, is are you a fill-in or are you an OC that's looking to be here for a long time? We're not, and I'm not specifically or necessarily looking for a guy that's just tweaking Tommy's offense. Mm -hmm. Are you coming in to bring your own stuff, to implement your own way of doing offense that, that isn't what we're building on top of? If this is just a, I just can enhance what we've already put in place and I can just build on top of it a little bit. Are you are you here for a long run or are you here to, for a temporary stay? So, um, you know, if you can tweak on another guy's offense, yeah, how long does that last, though? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content. Give us five stars. Leave your comments. We appreciate them all. We respond to all. We are the home of the misguided passion. It's the Lucky right. Lucky Podcast. You already know. We, we, been it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And it was kind of, I will say this, there was conflict somewhere in the press conference. Marcus Freeman clearly stated that he wanted his offense to be pro style. Right. Then he turned around and said he did not expect Jared Parker to run Tommy Reese's offense. Right. He expected him to run his offense. 
Right. That's and what I, the point. And OC. I think that's yeah. That's what you pointed out. Like, wait a minute. So I understand, and we'll show the clip. Like this is from yesterday or from two days ago, but this is the clip where Jared Parker started talking about what the offense at Notre Dame is going to be about, and then we'll come right back. We are built in is we want to be built O-line driven, and we're going to be built from inside out. With what we have returning up front and with our running backs and tight ends to be able to control a box, that's where it always has to start. Will we continue to find ways to attack people on the perimeter or deal with hat counts when they may be outnumbered, so to speak? Of course we will. Um, the growth of our wide receivers and all those things are going to be critical to us this spring, this summer, and getting into fall. Because we want to, like, there, there's no secret, no matter who it is, and I'll say the same thing in year two, like, we want to score more points than we did last year. Last year. And next year, we're going to want to score more points than we did last year. And so that's the deal. And I think, too, like, the one thing I want to make sure to say before my time's done here that we also want, we have great players and trust in our players. And I want them to feel that trust. I want them to feel empowered to grow so we can do things better week one to week two, three to four, so on and so forth. So once again, pointing out what he thinks the offense is going to look like. And what he said in the beginning, lined up with what Marcus Freeman has consistently said the offense is going to look like with him at the helm as head coach. Marcus Freeman, as we said, talks about, yo, this is not about a comparison, about what the offense did last year, what Jared Parker is going to do this year. And then Jared Parker, you know, he talked about the multiple offenses that he worked with, going from the four wide RPOs, going to 12 personnel along with 21 personnel during his time at Purdue and just a wide range of offenses that he's worked with and how all of those are going to allow him to come in and form a pro-style offense to be successful at Notre Dame. But the most important thing, two important things he pointed out there, points. I don't give a darn what offense you run. Points. Points. That's the fruit. What's on the scoreboard, specifically against USC, Ohio State, and Clemson? Points, right? You can give me schematics. You can tell me about motion, what you're going to do. How many points are you putting up? Because I pointed out, Lou Holtz ran the ball 65% of the time and put up points, more points than Notre Dame is putting up now or has put up in the previous three seasons. So we can talk pro style, what needs to happen. He also talked about how critical the growth of the wide receivers were. That's very important to me, Left. It's very important to hear that. More than that, I think it's important for the wide receivers on the roster to hear that. Because I think the confidence of the wide receiver room and the morale was at an all-time low last year for multiple reasons. Multiple reasons. So... Jared Parker said the right things. Like he said everything you wanted to hear and that you needed to hear. But at this point, I'll be honest. I don't think the fan base is any different than us. We need to see points on the board. Like we hear all of that. That's cool. We need to see points on the board. However you decide to run, whatever pro-style offense you decide to run. We need to see points on the board. All that matters because, like we said, we're in a peculiar position where you coming in to have a, a successful offense means top five scoring offense and a quarterback in the top three rounds. That's what we're looking for because we believe that's going to carry us to the championship. Yeah, Your top five scoring offense means – that something's firing on all cylinders. And we believe as a fan base and as a coaching staff, we have enough talent to fire at all cylinders. We have enough receiver talent. Obviously, you have enough running back talent. O-line's been proven over and over again every year. Defense has been a staple to give us a chance in every game. 
We just need a quarterback to be productive enough to to, to, to give the ball enough to our players that we can be where we want to be as we've been recruiting it to be to win yeah. the games. Yeah. Marcus Freeman Mark also talked about. Marcus Freeman also talked about the coaching combo and how he was around this and why he made this decision to not only hire Jared Parker as the OC, but to bring in Gino Gadouli as the quarterback coach. Why did he make that decision, Left, and why is it so important to the future of Notre Dame, and why does it show that Marcus Freeman is investing in the future of the quarterback room because he feels like that's the room that has held Notre Dame back from being able to take the next step. He saw it firsthand during his time at Cincinnati, right? Mike Denbrock, your former OC, was the OC there. Gino Gadouli was the quarterback coach there. He saw how it worked. He saw how it helped to develop Desmond Ritter. And he wants the same outcome for the quarterbacks at Notre Dame. And he talked about it, why that combo needed to happen. We'll get up here and talk about that, but I was around it for four years or, yeah, my first four years at Cincinnati, right, where Mike Denbrock, who we all know was the offense coordinator, coach of tight ends, and uh, Gino Gadulli was the quarterback's coach. And it's it, they have to have a great relationship. There has to be a trust. There has to be a very clear um, understanding of what is expected out of that quarterback position, but the quarterbacks know exactly how the coordinator's thinking. And so it's very important for those two to be on the same page as, long as, as well as the offense coordinator and the quarterbacks. Now, once again, you hear that from Marcus Freeman, but it goes back to you, a former quarterback. Who does the quarterback go to? to get his questions answered on a daily basis. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. And I think having a quarterback coach gives you a, a better comfort that you'll be able to have succinct uh, on the same page with the guy. But in, in, in actuality, man, that, that play caller and that quarterback has got to be on the same page just from a, a mental level because you're able to to feel good knowing what's coming next. I think that's just an underrated uh, quality to have in a relationship between your office coordinator and your quarterback is the feel good of what's coming next. If I, Do I feel like I know you're trying to set this up because I know who you're trying to go to or are you just calling plays and I'm just running them? You know, that feel good when I was with – Mike LaFleur, uh, I mean, Matt LaFleur, the LSU game, he was calling plays. I was always in tune with him because I would ask him tons of questions. I always worked with him after to where I felt understanding of when, okay, I know he's calling things for me, but also because I know how he's thinking. So when certain plays came up, I knew I had confidence in the reads because I knew he was setting things up uh, to be successful. And, it, and that trust factor you know, allow me to play better, allow me to play free. So I think a relationship and, and things that you can't put on paper or put uh, on a film uh, is, is important in having consistency and having a great offense. Like, for instance, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, you already know the synergy there. They know what they're calling. They know they're not in panic when the game gets close because, you know, when it comes down to it, they know what each other are thinking. And I think we need some synergy like that from uh, our coordinator and our quarterback. Now, what's the chance that, that synergy is going to be stronger, say, two years from now than it might be with Jared Parker and Sam Hartman this year? That's not to say the synergy can't be strong, but just with Jared Parker having more time with the Kenny Minchie, with the C.J. Carr. <laughs> rather than just one quick offseason or spring with Sam Hartman to prepare for the fall. The, 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 the true investment really is in the future of the quarterback room. It definitely is. It's the true investment. A lot of it um, can help us. I think a lot of it can really help us um, 
and put us in position to where we can flourish uh, in the future. I think Jared Parker should be thinking about the future. Sam Hartman's a good test run to work out the kinks of how communication goes. But, you know, Tyler's got to be involved somehow this season. I think in Tyler's sake, they should give a fresh start feel uh, where Gino can come in and kind of evaluate these guys properly and how it fits in what Marcus Freeman wants and and how Jared Parker sees fit to enhance the guys around him. But Tyler has been uh, the closest thing, in my opinion, just coming off of last year, of what the offensive potential can look like, um, provided, you know, he got guys involved. He had a great game. He had three touchdowns passing and running, right, or something like that. So I think that uh, that potential excited the fan base, but it should excite Jerry. Let me ask you a question, because I want, I want to be fair to, like, Notre Dame quarterbacks. quarterbacks. In your opinion, do you feel as if – because they talk about the NFL, right? You hear all the talk about Justin Fields, right? Should the Bears trade him? And people are like, yes, go get Bryce Young. The others are like, man, he doesn't have anyone around. He doesn't have an offensive line. doesn't have a number one wide receiver. You saw what happened to your boy, your boy, up in Buffalo once Stephon Diggs got there. His career took off. You see what Cincinnati did the second year for Joe Burrow. They went and got Jamar Chase. They already had T. Higgins. Patrick Mahomes has had Tariq Hill. He has Travis Kelsey. Whether Sam Hartman this year or Tyler Buckner, has Tyler Buckner truly had a number one wide receiver during his time at Notre Dame? She was not being healthy. We don't know what Tyler Buckner can do. Well, I don't, That's true. I don't That's know. True. You know. Do you even feel like Notre Dame has a true number one wide receiver at this point? Not the way the offense is called. We we have the talent for it, but I have no idea if we have the ability to produce one in this offense. Mm. So one can be produced, but you just don't get the feeling that, man, man. <laughs> That dude is – that's a number one. I just think that it's just hard right now to feel like, man, a dude is a number one when Charlie Jones outgained every one of our receivers. But <laughs> I just think that should be – his picture on the chalkboard in the receiver room should be there. Every single day. That's what should make me hungry is the fact that that was possible. Combined, all of the combined talent in that room wasn't better than one dude from Purdue. You can't even tell too many people that story. But Jared Parker was there during that whole time. That's why I'm like, how are you going to just make it so different that fast? What are you going to do? What are you going to suggest? What plays you going to call? Because that's a concern for me. You was you were Charlie Jones too. Unless you just was scheming up the, the plays for Michael Mayer. Because if that's the case, okay, just spread the, spread the wealth around, you know. Hey, our boy Marcel, we're pre Marcel, man, you 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 really going really hard this week on being a Notre Dame apologist in a lot of different areas. I don't care how many times they threw Charlie Jones the ball. To outgained and, and out received the entire wide receiver room. Like That's, that stop. Yeah. Stop. That no. That combined, no. no. That's the problem. It's combined. I understand you're trying to give a soft landing to the Notre Dame pass and offense, but that's not it. That's not it. It's just not. It's not. And I'm glad Jared Parker said our wide receivers and their development is critical. He knows. He's telling you, like, yo, we can talk about this running game all we want to. If they don't step up and get better, we're going to be in trouble. He knows it. 
Because the quarterback isn't the problem now, right, Lev? Quarterback, we got too many Quarterback options. isn't a problem now, right? Too many options. Got Sam Hartman. Everything is copacetic. Everything is copacetic at quarterback. Offensively, the wide receiver room probably has the most pressure out of any position on offense. You feel that way? Is it pressure or is it they're truly hungry? <laughs> we don't know if it's pressure or not. I ain't seen them touch the ball more than 10 times in a game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to see some pressure. Yeah, Come yeah. In the receiver room where, you know, if we don't get this, we might not win, you know. Yeah, yeah. I got Coach Vic from the Lou. Thank you for Lou. tapping in. You're talking, you guys are talking like Tommy was taking suggestions. Did you mention how the coaches were frustrated with Tommy? Well, coach, they weren't that frustrated because in his press conference, Jared Parker said he had a cup of Joe with Tommy, I think every Friday before every game to talk about the offense. So, I don't. Around or something. See, this. What you say? That's what make it so weird for me, you know. The man didn't want you there. So you having all this coffee talk every Friday, clearly the man probably wasn't listening to you or, 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 or what was going on in that instance because if you have so much influence talking to Tommy every day, Mm -hmm. Being involved in everything, to me, it tells me you're just going to give the same results. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that Tommy didn't think that the receivers needed to be better. I think he believed the receivers needed to be better. He just, for whatever he decided, and and, and, and you must have agreed that going to the tight end specifically is all y'all really wanted to do. I don't get it. If you're this involved, maybe you should stop saying how involved you were. Because <laughs> if I'm Marcus Freeman, I'm like, man, you was involved in all of that. No, I mean, his own words. I met with Tommy for our cup of Joe conversation about the game plan and play calls and what this is. This is what he said. So. So you were so, part of the Tommy the, the problem. I'll no, I'm saying I'll put the majority of the blame at the feet of Tommy Reese. But I'm sure he was happy because his guy was always the number one target on each passing play. He was coaching the but tight that end. That means that they both <laughs> then what are they saying about the receiver room? What are they saying about the receiver? I felt overall the receivers this is got better. Not- receivers got better on the chance he stuck it, overall, know. in my opinion. I'm saying as it relates to using them in the in the game. Oh, using them. Look, Tobias was being in there. Uh, is it fair to say Braden Lindsey was open plenty of times, plenty of times, every game, every game? It was rare that we yeah. saw Braden Lindsey beat yeah. man-to-man coverage off the line the way he did this year. So his release I'm, packages. I'm know. not saying discredit to. Hey, look. Uh, well, this is the fastest I've ever felt. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm always going to feel the most confident in my speed. Um, more than anything, I, I feel uh, most confident in kind of the, my release packages more so now than the past. Um, I kind of, I, you know, I want press that plays to my advantage, and you know, being able to be technical at the line, and then being able to use my speed—it's um, a huge advantage to myself. It's not something that I've had in my arsenal as much in the past, whether it be my legs, or my arms, whatever the issue is, or whether it be just lack of overall technique. Um, but now, so I, I feel that you know, playing at the line of scrimmage with the DB plays to my advantage because if I beat him at the line, I, I feel very few, if any, can run with me. He wasn't captain. That was before the season. 
and you go watch him play, he wasn't capping. There was a difference. There was a considerable difference with the play of Braden Lindsey and his ability to get off man-to-man bump and run coverage in comparison to his previous years. So, look, I, I'm excited. That was one of the things, that was one of the best clips of Jared Parker in my, in my estimation from his press conference. His ability to identify the critical nature of the wide receiver position at Notre Dame and for the 2023 season. And then understanding that the passing game has to be able to become that complementary part of the offense. Just period. Yeah, I was saying it wasn't in a discredit of the receiver room. It was just what was Jared Parker and Tommy Reese thinking about the receiver room during the year, seeing the development chance he stuck he gave to those guys, seeing Brayden Lindsey getting open more often, seeing the effectiveness of what Tobias Merriweather can be doing. Because if mm-hmm. Tommy's saying mm-hmm. he can't trust Tobias Merriweather, that has to be Jared Parker agreeing that they can't trust Tobias Merriweather. Jared Parker saying that too. Well, hold on, man. Look, now, I'm not just going to throw that at Jared Parker because <laughs> – Chancey Stuckey came before the media and said, yo, yeah, you know, Tommy has to be able to trust guys and it's our job to get guys ready. So maybe guys didn't really vibe with what Tommy was saying, but they held the company line publicly. That could be the case. Maybe behind the scenes, they thought Tommy was full of it. With the whole trust talk. That can be very true as well. I just want to understand what is the significance of pointing out how much involvement you had, mentioning that how much you're going to make it better when you were there the whole time before. So basically for you, you would just want him to just distance himself from last season. Like, look, (laughs) it's a new day. This is my offense. Yeah. This is what we're going to do. Okay. I don't know if, because now I don't know if you're building on top of somebody else's stuff to get through, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. you're really here to be an OC and be like, I'm bringing in my system with my guys. We're about to do this and that. That's how we're going to improve. But if you're improving on tweaking on somebody else's, I don't know how long that lasts. And I don't know if you're how are you going to make it better when you're there the whole time with that same system? You were there the whole time with the same system. So, you know, trust is going to be a big thing. Maybe that offense can can blow up more mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. you know, having more control of it or whatever. But I, I do believe that we have the offense of capability to do that. It's not like that you going, you have to make up something from players you don't know what they got. We got guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Marcus Freeman talked about some of that and also in back to back clips here, he talked about the expectations for the offense and Jared Parker. On a complimentary football. And that's what I love more than anything is that you can have varying um, tempos. You can um, really control the clock if you need to. It's still an offense predicated on being able to run the ball. Like, I want to be able to run the ball. This is not going to be a pass-first offense. And, but it creates um, – it really pre- creates, to me, opportunities to have success in the pass game because of your ability to re- be able to run the ball. And all those things go together to, for complementary football. And um, you can look at statistics. You can look at any numbers you want. But um, to me um, – from my defensive background, um, the ability to b- play complementary football and to have an offense that doesn't always have to go a thousand miles an hour, but also doesn't have to huddle every single snap, is really um, what it takes to me to have a successful program, a successful team on both sides of the ball. Lev, help me to understand. Complementary could be 40 60 run pass, it could be 50 50 run pass. It could be 60-40 run pass. Complimentary does mean that the sum is 100. Am I, am yeah. I correct? So you can say that. 
you know, I understand you want to be able to run the ball, but you can run the ball efficiently and still throw the ball more as far as number of plays. That's right. So I'm wondering if Marcus Freeman is just stuck on attempts or is he stuck on more of the efficiency of the run versus the pass? I think he he want he 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 sticks to saying running the football because it's a physical aspect of what's complementary to the defense. If you can run the football, usually you can stop the football from running the football too. And I think that physicality portion Marcus Freeman wants to hold on to because he's saying, look, we're not going to be a physical defense that can't run the football ourselves either. Mm-hmm. That's got to be an aspect to us that as a head coach defensively, I want on the team, which I do believe we have already with Aldrich and Logan and, and, uh, Jadarian coming back and the offensive line being stout. That is the Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman's vision that I don't think we'll lose next year. He wants the physicality to be complimentary as well in the pass game. We got the, the, the size for the physical receivers, but we want the impact as well. Maybe winning those 50-50 balls. Maybe catching the ball in traffic, tough third down, catch it at five, take it to, to take it eight to get the first down. Maybe that's the physicality he wants to see in the past game, but it has to be seen. We haven't seen it. So for Jared Parker to not lose the physicality with what we were doing better with towards last year, but also giving us some, giving us some of that physical on the pass game, give us some flash, give us some down the field action. Mm-hmm. We have the quarterbacks now. Let Tyler get physical in the run game if that's a package we're going with. A up-tempo, RPO, run Tyler Buckner type package. Maybe that's what we're seeing. But so, so you, you really feel Tyler should be a weapon week to week rather than just a backup quarterback. Yeah, because I don't think we have a coordinator that has a style that needs a Sam Hartman in particular. Tommy needs a Sam Hartman. Jared Parker sounds like a guy, he just want to score points so everybody can be viable. And I think if that's the case and thinking about the future, Tyler Buckner needs to be involved next year somehow. I can rock with that, especially in the red zone, certain situations. Absolutely. Expectations. What are the expectations? Love Marcus Freeman talked about it. I don't want to make this a Jarrett Parker versus what we've done in the past. And so I want to be careful on how I answer this. And that, you know, it's again a way for him to display um different ways to make sure our offense is successful, right? And and in a run game, in the pass game, um really putting our guys in positions to have success. Right. And so I don't want to give you a generic answer. So but what I'm not trying to do is say this is where we struggled last year. This is what Jared Parker's going to do to get better. That's not what I'm doing. I'm, I'm really looking at, hey, where are we at and how can we continue to get better? And, and again, some of the schemes that we talked about in the past game, um, I believe will help us. Some of the different ideas he had in the run game um, really will help us. But it's still, it's all about making sure our guys are in positions to have success and then holding them accountable, right? And the ability to hold everybody accountable um, and be very clear on what we're expecting out of them. It's not about last year, but it's clear that Jared Parker said we need to score more points than last year. Like that's the goal. Because how else would you keep your job? I mean, we it's not about winning games. I mean, it is about winning games, but winning games, you gotta it's more than that. You gotta win games, but win by a lot. Win by a lot. Because we've we've done 10 years of winning close games. We've proved that. But it's time to be a top five scoring offense. That's why I can't get off of that 
specific stat. Top five scoring offense. That's what scoring a lot of points means. If he ain't going to say it, I'll say it for him. Because you need to start saying these objectives. We want to be a top five scoring offense. Why can't we say that? That puts the, the mind to ease. Don't say we're going to score more points. More point, Like two more points? A point? Come on, like if you come, if you don't, if Marcus Freeman has scoured the country to find a pro style offense to be championship level, don't say you're gonna score more points. Say I'm gonna be a top five scoring offense. That's mm-hmm. what I mm-hmm. hope Jared Parker was saying, and that got Marcus Freeman like I don't even need to say no more. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the interview, he should have heard we're gonna be a top five scoring offense, Marcus Freeman. That's what it made. Oh, hey, that's a hey, that's worth calling Jack Swarbrick right there. And it's going to be critical we be a top five scoring offense by having a better uh, 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 receiver room. That's how we're going to score more points through that receiver room. LL Nation, we're going to score more points, points than we did last year. We're going to score more points next year than we did this year. Versus, we're going to be a top five offense. Which one would have made you feel more comfortable? Which one would have more made confident? You? I'm interested to say which statement spoken by Jared Parker would have made you feel more confident in the offense. That, that's that's a good point, Left. That's a good point. As we get ready to get out of here, man, Marcus Freeman, he talked about and was pushed on the process, bringing in guys, taking them to the hockey game. Man, man, they tried him, left. They tried him. They tried him at the end of this conference. <laughs> this is what he had to say. Out the guy was at the hockey game. Yeah. But what did Jared show you uh, maybe from that experience? Let's, let's hit that hockey point real quick. Yeah, could, right? So it could be uncomfortable. With, we, we brought guys in that we want, correct? So we bring our top recruits into this place. And guess what we did with them on June day? We took him to the hockey game because Coach Jackson does an excellent job, and that's a great environment. So we're not hiding the point of that we brought a guy in that we wanted. So we took him to the hockey game, and we end up he ended up not coming here. That's okay. We I don't want to hide because I'm worried about well somebody might think that this guy turned us down or this guy said no. He made a decision that's best for him. But I don't want to hide the fact of what makes Notre Dame great. Right. If we're going to bring our top recruits to the hockey game, then why not bring an offensive coordinator candidate to the hockey game? Because why? If we don't get them, people are going to say, well, you tried and you lost. That's that's life. You know, he decided to make a, a decision that was best for him. I wouldn't change that if I had to. We want to put our best foot forward. We're not trying to hide and say, hey, let's interview guys. And, and we don't want anybody to know. Because somebody might say, you didn't get the guy you're going after. That's okay. That's life. You know, and we won't hide that. We won't, in the future, if we are interviewing somebody else, guess what? We're going to put our best foot forward and try to show them everything that's great about this place. Why hide? You're a mute, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on. See, <laughs> see, see. Don't say, don't say why hide because you got to ask, who is he talking about that's hiding? Because you know who should have been at the hockey game too? Jack Swarbick. Jack Swarbick should have been at the hockey game showing solidarity with the head coach that y'all having all this free time. That's who was hiding. They wasn't hiding at no hockey game. Like he's right. You take the recruits to the hockey game, they spend millions of dollars on the Compton Ice Hockey Arena is real nice. I don't like hockey, but I've been there plenty of times because it's a nice arena. It seems like a good, it seems like a good date night, bro. It's South Bend. That's perfect date. I'm it's talking a perfect about date carpet. night. Yeah, it's gonna be chilly. So yeah, you get the, you get the, the fake get the snow. Yeah. yeah, you you really if you want to do it nice in South Bend on a Saturday night, you go there. So Marcus Freeman is absolutely right, but. He was talking about somebody else hiding that should have been in the building with Andy Ludwig and all. Because if that was the case, I don't think Marcus Freeman would have got that question. Hmm. Hmm. 
Because they would have been like, oh, we get it. We understand why. It, it wasn't just a you decision. We know what could have happened. You got the, the AD there too. So, so now we don't have to just think it was just you making all these wild decisions or wild people coming and not coming. Because we know that it was a unified, solid effort that everybody was on the same page. That's what it. That's what it told me. That's how I would have answered it. I would have been like, you know what, you 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 right. Why were we hiding at the Compton Ice Arena? We should have had Jack there too. Maybe that would have sealed the deal. I'm just speculating, but we appreciate though that Marcus Freeman. Next time, you don't have to get frustrated. Just go up there and be like, you know what. I should have had the administration I was just apologizing for saying, oh, we were all on this together. That's all. Because he was up there answering the question by himself, just like he was at the hockey game by himself. No wonder why Andy Ludwig probably didn't want to come. He was like, wait, where's all the administration with you? We should have had the whole box. You know how they had to, because Compton Ice Arena, once again, got them nice box seats. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content. Give us five stars. Leave your comments. We appreciate them all. We respond to all. We are the home of the misguided passion. It's the Lucky right. Lucky Podcast. You already know. We, we, been it different. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, I have to say, bro, the, the, <laughs> the best time I've ever had at a professional sports game was a Chicago Black, Blackhawks game when I was in the, the uh, WGN suites. That's right. Them suites is nice. You could have had the whole yeah, it's the best sporting experience because you know hockey's hockey's different. Like I've been to United Center for a Bulls game, and the environment is totally different when they switch the arena for the Blackhawks. Like it's kegs all the kegs in the hallways <laughs> as you walk to your seat. It's Man. it's different. But, and you know that's and that's smart. If I'm Marcus Freeman, I'm taking a cold weather coach. Because Andy probably been to some hockey games in Utah or something. He was like, he'll probably like this. He even tried to get this, the, get him to ride a Zamboni. Or what you call that that thing, the Zamboni, the the, the whatever it's called. Yeah. He yeah. probably tried to get him to ride that. Yeah. But yeah, all we're yeah, saying yeah. is that opportunity at that hockey game was perfect for Marcus Freeman to bring the whole administration that supports all his decisions and Andy Ludwig probably would have felt the love a little bit more, and we wouldn't have known whatever reason he didn't decide to come. Yo, you have to love yeah. it, though, Left. You have to love it because the media is so, so cunning, right? Because, of course, Marcus said what he said to get out in front of everything and to establish the message they wanted to get across. And, unfortunately, the media just waited towards the end, just waited, like oh you, oh, you thought we were done with that? <laughs> you thought we were just gonna let you just you say we were just gonna let you slide with that? No, 
So, so you, so you're cool with just bringing cats to public hockey games and just For landing on, yeah. Man, you could tell. You could tell he was, he was heated as they as they challenged him, and it was unfortunate, yo. That's once again, man. It was I, just unfortunate, you know. <laughs> dude, dude. I think Jared Parker deserves every opportunity to prove who he is. And unfortunately, you know the pomp and circumstance that he should have received was stolen but who get who gives a darn it's time to go play it's time to go install your offense and it's time to get confidence hold on hold on, hold on. Don't, say install your offense. don't say install your offense it's, it's time to enhance and tweak the offense I didn't wait a minute hold on am i missing something so basically you're saying we're taking tommy's offense and just enhancing it yes that's exactly what he said. He didn't say, I'm coming here bringing some systems that... No, I see, that's uh, not what Marcus Freeman said. He said, I'm not bringing him in here to run Tommy's offense. I'm bringing in here to, to run his offense. Well, now, unless you heard something different than I did from both parties left, I, I maybe, maybe, maybe you feel like that's what needs to be done in the short term. I don't. I maybe I didn't. My uh, speakers on my MacBook computers are a little off, but I'm pretty sure I didn't hear him speak one anything about what his offense is about. I heard a lot about what needs to be done better. You know, I heard a lot about what position groups need to step up, and and I've heard a lot about collaborative efforts on what can make the team better. But I didn't hear no offensive scheme not one time. Yeah, we you you repeating a lot of what we've already been really good at. Offensive line stout, running the football great, tight ends doing great. But what about a scheme? Give me give me a little insight. I just want a little insight. But right now we're running enhancements. We're just tuning up the car. We ain't getting a new one. We're just tuning up the car. What's better? Notre Dame hockey game or Notre Dame women's basketball game? I love Neil. I always say women's basketball games for sure. And they're exciting because you got to – and it's interesting. They – uh, you can't just walk up in no girls' basketball game. You got to really have a ticket for real. So it's different. Brian J. Irish has a question for you, Lev. Thanks for tapping in. Gerard said he'll adjust to his personnel. What more scheme do we need? Adjust to the personnel. He's been there. He knows what's there. So if I was thinking, I'm thinking he's going to come with something of a scheme to enhance what he's been seeing as the problem. Wouldn't you think that, okay, if this program isn't functioning right, I can develop a program that can fix that and and, and have the whole computer doing better. So he needs to be our Steve Kerr. He needs to be our Steve Kerr to Mark Jackson. That's what you're saying. Yes, BR Mark Jackson. No, we need the Steve Kerr. We don't need the Mark Jackson. Oh, BR. Yes. Yeah, we need we need Jared Parker to be Steve Kerr. Tommy Reese was Mark Jackson. But yeah, but bring it home. Just bring it home. Just bring it home. Unleash, unleash what's what's there and potential. Look, look. I agree. I agree. I got Jason Healy. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, home LL Nation, home on the misguided passion. Luck for OC. I'm just saying. Tony Harris, going back to our original question. We thank you for tapping in, Tony. I, man, look, I totally agree, Tony. I think Franklin's lady is suspect. Something about her isn't quite right. Yeah, I agree. She came on to the scene too fast. For Ronique and she, her mom, she comes from a line of, of people that run schemes. Who's to say she's not part of the plan that, you know, eventually got Franklin's money taken? We'll find out. We'll find out. It's going to be very She ain't no good, man. She, gonna, she ain't no good, man. She ain't no good. <laughs> 
Oh man, the snowfall day. Cannot wait for it to drop tonight. I think they're dropping the first two episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, great question here, Mike Keith. Thanks for tapping in. My question is, did the need for a really good quarterback coach who would be dedicated to that position have enough value to tip the scale in the decision? I'm assuming Mike is talking about the decision ultimately to elevate Jared Parker as the offensive coordinator. Uh, well, you heard Marcus Freeman talk about it. He said he was around the combination at Cincinnati and saw the value in it, and it was something that he wanted to bring to Notre Dame. So, you know, to take Marcus Freeman at his word, he did see tremendous value in that combination being at Notre Dame and how that would be a true investment in the young quarterbacks in that quarterback room at Notre Dame. So, absolutely. I can see that. Um, someone put just update. Look, Notre Dame, in my opinion, this is my opinion, I think Notre Dame has learned from the way things spilled over with the OC search. And I think that's why there are little to no reports about the O-line search. You know, you know. I'm trying to say something without saying too much. Because most people might think the search for the next O-line coach might be at an install or be moving slowly and i would tell you that that's not the case some really good candidates some really strong candidates and i think a resolution could be should be coming soon should be coming soon so but i do think from a pr standpoint notre dame is very cognizant and conscious of how things are being reported and what's being said you know so i would not expect information to flow about the o-line coach situation the way it did about the oc search so that's that i do think Notre Dame fans would should be and eventually will be happy with the choices that are on the table for Marcus Freeman and the rest of the staff. So, and Marcel, I would say yes by default. I think there are people inside Notre Dame that want Chris Watt or would love for Chris Watt to get that opportunity. Uh, Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content. We appreciate you guys. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Historics of the Day, brought to you by Nora Whiskey at norawhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey, anorawhiskey.com. <laughs> I would put the chat on the petty train <laughs> because as we read through during the show, it's hard to hold back laughter, man. Some of you guys are so petty with the, the jokes you crack. But no, that Bob, I, I agree. I agree. There are people in the petty train 
or the chat today that definitely should have been on the petty train. Left, let me tell you something. I'm going to put the Baltimore Ravens on the petty train. If the Baltimore Ravens apply the non-exclusive franchise tag to Lamar, which I think they're about to do, you're about to give up Lamar Jackson for two first-round picks, bro. At $32 million a year? Really? All over guaranteed money, which every owner has plenty of. See, this is the problem in sports, love. This is the problem. Sports would be so much better because we talk about the athletes. Sports would be so much better if every owner wanted to win. See, if you have a league of owners that wanted to win, the league would be better. Well, unfortunately, there's maybe like seven to ten owners in each league that legitimately want to win every year. That legitimately want to win. Everybody else just want to, wants to collect their check. They're kind of like the Big Ten, right? You know, Michigan and Ohio State want to win. And the SEC, you know, Alabama and Georgia want to win. And then everybody else just wants to collect their TV check. That's it. They don't care. And it's the same thing in the NFL, same thing in the NHL, same thing in Major League Baseball. Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't want to win. He doesn't want the White Sox to win. He barely wants the Chicago Bulls to win. Dude, the Chicago Bulls are number two in attendance. Again. And their product is terrible. Terrible. And Jerry Reinsdorf knows. Dude, Jerry Reinsdorf knows. Every year, he's going to sell out the United Center. Why do I need to win? He, dude, he literally is still selling out the United Center on the back of Michael Jordan and six championships. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen, love. It's the craziest thing, craziest thing I've ever seen. He's had two years of buzz. Three years. That's when Derrick Rose got hit before he got hurt. That's it. That was the only other time there was extreme buzz in that building. And they still find a way to be in the top three in attendance every year. So is it a Jerry Reinsdorf problem or is it a dumb fan base problem? I'm trying to figure out. You're on mute. You guys don't demand the greatness. Y'all just let me hey, know. Hey, I didn't go to a White Sox game last year. I might not go this year. <laughs> I haven't been to a Bulls game in at least three years. <laughs> I'm not going for that crap, man. Well, y'all get uh, women by it, y'all going to be all right. Man, look, man, look. I don't know. No. I just, I just you know, at this you know, point, the product, not sports itself, but the product, in a lot of ways, it's becoming diluted when it comes to sports. It's, it's becoming diluted. And I think somebody sent us something that um, Coach Don Staley said over the weekend and asked for our feedback on it. And, you know, I really didn't want to give feedback because I didn't have context of the full statement of what she was talking about. But in a sense, I do feel like the modern-day athlete is entitled, in a sense. Possibly. And, yo, not to the point where, you know, how, you know, our, grand, our parents and grandparents used to tell us, I used to walk three miles to school with bat, with my shoes worn out, and you get to ride a bus, so you have no reason to complain. Not, not anything like that. But like I said, you know, I see kids that have a million followers on Instagram and they are literally coming off the bench on their AAU team. <laughs> like you are the last person that should be putting up clips, bro. Like you're not that dude. That's but the world we live. 
Yeah. That's the world. That's the world we live in, man. That's the world we live in. We're gonna have fun tomorrow, left. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna bring in an interesting conversation about Notre Dame and history. And we are going to give new numbers to Notre Dame players hmm. for a purpose. We'll get into that. Go check out the conversation we had with Jeff Burris last night. It's available on podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. Man, like Watt pointed out, Detroit Lions fans. Like just so many organizations that they don't care. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care about winning, man. So I'm not even mad at the fan base. The ownership doesn't care. We want to be entertained. And if you want to spend your money on a bad product, look, people keep asking you to get Ev on the show, bro. Ev is somewhere where Aaron Rodgers, people. He on the island somewhere, man, living. <laughs> I don't know where Ev is. For left, I'm Sean Davis. You know we're starting the show off tomorrow talking about snowfall. So you already know. Our snowfall review is starting off the show tomorrow, and then we'll get into more Notre Dame football. Have a great Wednesday, but most of all, make sure that you spin it different. 